how are we doing? Oh, you're looking good. Who's had a good week? Yep, very good. Wasn't it nice to have summer? Anyone enjoy summer? We had one week of it. It's fantastic. Very good. Well, thanks, team. That was a great, um, great time there this morning. Especially loved just at the end. Just something. I don't know. I don't know. Did you guys feel it? Just like we into something new. It was great. Come on, let me in. Wouldn't that be funny? Got locked out of my last message. Very good. Well, I was looking back this week, uh, looking back at what my first message as senior pastor was. Anybody want to know? It's about Jesus. I thought I'd just preach it again. It was quite a good message, actually. So I thought I'd start with where I, uh, or end where I started. Um, my, my first senior message as senior pastor was about worship. And we looked at John uh, chapter 4, verse 23. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers that the Father seeks. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we talked about worship. And uh, it's something that is just so cool about this church, isn't it? Being able to come along here on a Sunday morning, enter in and encounter God and worship Him and um, yeah, and we're just so fortunate of the incredible team that we have that lead us uh, every week. So, uh, so that's where we uh, that's where we started. Well, that's where I started. Um, and um, so today, I just want to wrap up a few things. This is kind of like a wrap up Sunday. This is a kind of uh, a few few loose ends. I feel feel like I just kind of need to uh, wrap up. So there'll be a few different segments today. If you got your Bibles, just turn with me in First Chronicles seventeen, uh, verse one. After David was settled in his palace, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in a palace of cedar, while the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under a tent. And Nathan, who was obviously picking where he was going with this, replied to David and said, Whatever you have in mind, do it, for God is with you. But that night the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. You are not the one to build me a house to dwell in. Uh, that uh, passage there, and you know, probably most of you can sort of open up uh, that passage and know that um, that David had in mind he wanted to build, uh, he wanted to build the next temple, uh, he wanted to build a place, uh, a dwelling place for God, um, and uh, and so he, you know, it troubled him that uh, that God was still uh, stuck in a tent and he wanted to build him a house, um, and so he. Uh, he decided that's what he was going to do and went and spoke to the prophet just to make sure it was all good. The prophet said, hey, it sounds sweet to me. But then the prophet went and inquired of God and came back and said, Ashley, buddy, that, that's not your deal. Um, and uh, interestingly, this has been a passage that has lingered in the back of my mind for probably uh, the last four or five years um, was this passage. And of course it was Solomon that then went on and built the temple. Um, and so uh, about 18 months ago, uh, God woke me at about four o'clock in the morning and he started to speak to me about the next uh, church building. Um, and uh, he spoke to me and he said, there's something that I want you to do. There's a faith step that I want you and Ruth to take um, to, uh, to, to set things up for that. Um, and so, uh, you know, at four o'clock in the morning, I kind of wrestled with God and thought, okay, well, the only way I'm going to get back to sleep here is to say yes. So I said yes, went back to sleep, woke up in the morning and went, oh, did I really say yes? 
I'm sure that's why God wakes you at four o'clock in the morning sometimes. Um, and so anyway, um, uh, so we we prepared ourselves to make this faith step, but nothing sort of happened for six months. Um, and then it was about this time last year, I was up at New Life Conference and uh, had a, a couple of encounters um, where God just showed me uh, the next building for, for this church, the next place that... Um, that uh, uh, we would worship him, um, and uh, there were some things about this building is that one, it was going to be a, an incredible place for us as a family, but two, it was going to be an incredible place for the community as well. Uh, and so uh, I can't, and then he said to me, he said, and you know, that faith step I asked you to take uh, now is the time. So anyway, came back, spoke to the leadership team about that, and um, and, and I guess for me, you know, this passage is still lingering at the back of my mind and what God was really meaning uh, that to uh, be for, for myself. Uh, and um, so anyway, um, we, uh, we took that faith step. We stepped out and we did what uh, we felt uh, we needed to do. And, uh, and that, was a real, that was a real kick for us. We really enjoyed doing that. Uh, the thing that God sp- uh, showed me just before we did that was when uh, Jesus needed the cult to go into Jerusalem. Uh, and I think this is Luke 19, somewhere around there. Um, and so he sent his disciples off to go and find the, find the cult. And they said, what if somebody comes out and you know, says, hey, what are you doing stealing my cult? Uh, and Jesus said, well, just tell them that the Lord has need of it. And so they went and they untied this cult, and the owners came out and said, hey, what are you doing? As you would, wouldn't you? Uh, and they said, the Lord, needs, the Lord needs it. And they just went, sweet, cool. Uh, And the thing that stood out to me was that there is a grace that is released when God asks us to give of something. Um, and, uh, and what we felt that we needed to do in, uh, in giving um, our cult away was that, uh, that there was a grace that would actually be opened up for this whole church in terms um, of being able to give and give into seeing uh, the, um, the next building come about. Um, and uh, and it's been and so that's been that's been cool. Um, I've been uh, I've been encouraged by a number of people who have started to give regularly to uh, setting up for us to have a new uh, building. Um, one of the really encouraging things for me was a week later when I think it was a week later. It might have been two weeks. Someone came up and said, "Look, I really feel like I need to uh, give something significantly here." Um, and uh, and told us what they're going to do, and I just said, "Great, fantastic, good on you. That'll be that'll be so exciting for you and for the church." Um, and uh, and so a couple of weeks ago, they uh, were in the position to be able to do what they felt they needed to do, and uh, and so somebody gave forty five thousand dollars towards uh, seeing the next church building come about. Um, and that was just uh, that was just so encouraging. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, we were we were just. We were just buzzed about that. Um, for me personally, just really buzzed about that. Um, and uh, and the other things we did was we we established a building team, uh, pulled them together. Um, and then one other thing that God showed me while we were in Cambodia was Proverbs twenty four verse twenty seven. Um, he said, first plant your field, then build your house." Uh, and so the field that we have basically brought in Cambodia or helped uh, Manna for Life to bring about uh, was another step. Uh, and so I believe as a church that God has had us um, sow and plant that field 
uh, in order that there will be a harvest because you don't plant something and then go, oh, well, that was fun. But you expect a harvest, don't you? Um, and when I saw the generosity of you all uh, giving uh, on that Sunday, uh, and, there, and there, was, there was just some incredible giving. I was just, uh, again, really buzzed out um, and felt so proud of uh, this church and what took place that Sunday. Um, and, uh, and so those are the things that, we've, uh, that I feel like you know, we, we kind of set in motion uh, in obedience to what God was speaking to us in terms of a new building. But for Ruth and I, we were still going, you know, is this something we're going to lead uh, the church into or is this going to be uh, something that, uh, that someone like Solomon, who is wiser, will lead the church into? Um, 1 Chronicles 28 verse, uh, 28 verse 11. It said, Then David gave his son Solomon the plans for the portico of the temple, its buildings, its storerooms, its upper parts, its inner rooms, and the place of atonement. Uh, he gave him the plans of all that the Spirit had put in his mind for the courts of the temple of the Lord, and all the surrounding rooms for the treasures of the temple of God, and for the treasures for the dedicated things. So basically, um, David David pulled things together. He, he, he set the plans up and worked out all that, and then he handed it over uh, to Solomon. Um, and so that's just one thing that I felt that, uh, that we needed to uh, do uh, today is just go, hey, we've, we've taken you guys this far with seeing the next building for, uh, for, for Thrive Church, for seeing the next family home, for seeing uh, the next place that will just radically impact the community. Um, as this place has. Um, and so now we, we hand it over, but we don't hand it over to just Glenn and Debbie, uh, but we hand it over to all of you, um, that together that you guys are going to take this church on um, and you're going to take it into somewhere that is bigger, that uh, has more room for people to come in. Uh, there are going to be people that are going to be saved. There are family members uh, that are going to be saved and come in uh, to this building. Um, and it's over to you guys. We hand it over to you guys. And as you walk it out with God, as you walk it out with his wisdom, as you walk it out when he speaks to you about how he would have you uh, contribute into the future uh, plans for that. Uh, today we release it to you and we know it's in good hands. We know it's in good hands because this church is a faithful church. It's a faithful church. The other thing I uh, just want to speak to you about today um, is I just want you to know that, uh, that for Ruth and I and the... Uh, excuse me. For Ruth and I and the plans that, um, that are before us, um, since Ruth and I got together, and probably God was speaking to us both before this time, um, and actually, when we came together, it was it was something that you know was probably uh, we could tell that we were on the same page. Um, is that we had both felt <clears throat> a call to be missionaries, um, and uh, we had uh, and for me personally, I just really felt that combination of flying for Ruth. Uh, she'd felt that combination with nursing, um, and uh, and so that's been something that has you know been there for a very very long time, uh, and. I want you to know, though, that it is something that we have laid on the altar many times, many, many times. Um, and um, prior to going away on sabbatical, um, you know, we, we were just having an absolute blast. 
Um, you know, I was, I, I really, I thought, man, if, 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 if those other plans have just been a figment of my imagination or something, I, you know, I, I, that wouldn't have bothered me. Um, we were just so enjoying uh, leading, this, uh, leading this church and leading you guys and just, yeah, seeing what God was doing. It was so much fun. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and by and large, uh, the, the, the bulk of our, our lives as senior pastors here have been, have been really enjoyable, really exciting. Um, not to mention all the time of being associate pastors and then children's pastors and uh, youth worker and all those sorts of things. They've been an absolute, uh, absolute blast. Um, but I, I just want to pick up on something that Glenn spoke about last week. And, uh, and he... Um, said how I shared a message um, uh, about don't touch that dream. Um, and for him, uh, it was like, you know, he had, had put to rest, uh, you know, being a senior pastor, he was happy that, you know, if, if he continued to do what he was doing for the rest of his life, he was sweet with that. And then I went and pre- preached a message uh, and the Holy Spirit mucked it all up for him um, and, uh, and kind of reminded him of something that is actually uh, deep within him uh, and will lead him into his destiny and is going to do that. Um, the interesting thing with that message is it was a spin-off from a message that Anne Morrow had preached, which had really messed me up. Um, and uh, I, I was away on a Seeking God camp at the time. Uh, and uh, I, in the Seeking God camp, I just, we just wrote out what, what I wanted to see in my life and those sorts of things. And so I wrote all this stuff out, and, uh, and then I remember reading it afterwards and, um, and going... Wow, the whole flying missionary type thing is not there. I was like, yeah. It was, it was almost like a relief. I was like, yay, I've finally put <laughs> put it to rest. You know, it's not going to haunt me anymore. Um, and uh, and then on the last night of it, Anne Morrow gets up and she speaks this message about those dreams that God has placed in our lives that they can become painful, and so we push them down if we haven't yet seen them. Um, and and I had this encounter with God, and God said, "What about that dream for you?" I was like, "You've got to be joking me, God!" I thought I had just got through that, and in, and in this encounter, I uh, I was taken into um, a room, and it was like in in the in the World War, um, and I was in the room, and I looked, at, and I was in like the um, the chief flying. Uh, Admiral's office. He had all his wee planes lined up, um, and here I was being handed my orders uh, for the for the mission that I was to to go and fly, and uh, and I just I went okay God, okay I I let that dream come back up, um, and I will continue to carry it and steward it. So it's interesting, isn't it? What you know, God's God, you know, set off in me. He then caused a chain reaction. See, because nothing takes God by surprise. He knows how it's going to work out. Um, and, uh, and so uh, one of the cool things for us is knowing that as we hand over Thrive Church is that God has set up people who are going to take this church on beyond where we have taken it. And that's, that's a cool thing. That's what God's in the business of doing. Isn't that cool? So, uh, so I, just, I just wanted you to know though, that we have, we have really tried many times to stick around with you guys. We really have. Um, but, uh, but God's got other plans. Um, the other thing too I just uh, want to share is that a couple of years ago when I was on a retreat, just I think it, was, it must have been the beginning of a year, uh, just thinking about things for the coming year for us as a church. And, uh, and, and it was kind of interesting because God ambushed this. Um, well, actually I invited him, but then he took over as he tends to do on those retreats. Uh, and he just started speaking to me about these guys, about Glenn um, and about, uh, about Debbie. 
um, and, uh, and he just started showing me the different gifts and things that are on their lives. Now, you know, obviously I've, I've worked with these guys and been great friends with these guys, and so I was aware of uh, those things, but it was just the way that God just started to highlight these things to me um, and, uh, and what their gifts and abilities would mean for Thrive Church. Uh, and so um, I kind of, you know, I wondered what was going on. Um, and then later in the day, um, I was... Uh, I was praying, and I just started thinking about our outreach to the people in Arnhem Land. And I said, God, I said, God, you're amazing. You are incredible. The way that you just, you just love everybody all around the globe. You, I mean, you love the, you love us. You love the Yongle people. And it was right then that God spoke to me and said, "Of course I do. That's why I'm sending you to them." And I went, "Ah." <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, there's another part there where I read a book and, uh, you know, I just read this. Li- there's a book. There, there was a book that I had not finished, which is not uncommon for me because I read two-thirds of a book, okay? Um, but uh, but I, I'd taken this book with me because there was one chapter I hadn't read. Um, and so, anyway, I went back and um, uh, read this chapter and, uh, and it was just about how God shows us something in the future in order that we will then uh, call it in. Um, and uh, and that you know he's not being cruel in showing us things in the future, but you know he needs us to commission with him to call that thing into being. So anyway, um, that's uh, uh, that that was this occasion. But but one of the things that he, he especially spoke to me about was the gifts and the abilities that are on Debbie's life. Um, and as you know, Debbie has done an incredible, incredible job uh, with our pastoral care team. Um, I, I don't know if I have met somebody who loves people as much as Debbie does. Uh, just absolutely incredible. Um, and just uh, the wisdom on her life, uh, the leadership uh, that is on her life. Um, and so what I wanted to do today is that is also to say that when we hand this church over next week, that we're not handing this church over to one person, but we are handing this church over to Glenn, and we are handing this church over to Debbie. Uh, and that Glenn and Debbie will be the senior pastors of Thrive Church. Uh, and this, this is an exciting thing. Uh, this is a really exciting thing uh, because the, the church hasn't yet seen uh, this model, um, and, um, but, uh, but you're about to see it. Um, and, uh, and these two, these two together, are going to be uh, just such a powerful united force. And I'm not saying that Ruth and I and Peter and Lynn haven't been. Um, we've, we've led in, in the ways that, um, that God has, has uh, gifted us. Um, but uh, for, in terms of the senior leadership, Glenn and Debbie very much will be, you know, they will be both up front. They will both be leading. Um, and that will be a really, really exciting thing. So I just want to say uh, today uh, to Debbie that you are a senior pastor. And don't let anybody ever say anything otherwise, that you are a senior pastor. And God has called you as senior pastor and Glenn as senior pastor. And that's going to be a really powerful thing, a wonderful thing. So go for it. Uh, we're excited. We're looking forward to seeing uh, what you guys do um, in the years to come. I want to encourage you as a church to look after these guys, to really to look after these guys. Now, um, Ruth and I, we have so appreciated the love and care that you have shown to us, uh, especially times with Kayla. Um, I can remember just receiving meals and all those sorts of things and just being like, oh, man, I feel really awkward, but I feel so loved. Um, and, um, and I've pretty much had a steady supply of white chocolate in my office and at home. 
Uh, and in fact, ironically, about a week and a half ago, I ran out. The fir- I think that is the first time I've run out in about five years. Uh, I was like, yeah, it's coming to an end. I have white chocolate. It's running dry. But we've, we've so appreciated that. We've appreciated your support, your love, your care, your prayers. Um, and, um, and, and, and ensure that uh, Glenn and Deb receive that and more. Um, I want to share with you a few things that a senior pastor would really like you to know, but will never tell you. Okay? Unless they're about to hand over and they're feeling really brave. Okay. That your senior pastors, that these guys, they will think about every single one of you regularly. That uh, that as the church stands, I think you know there's about uh, maybe about 300 people uh, in the church at the moment. That's 300 different relationships that these guys are, are going to have. Um, and uh, but, and you may think, you may at times think, you know, nobody notices me, uh, or you know, I'm insignificant or whatever. I can guarantee you that these guys will think of you when they are about in their everyday life, when they're going for a walk, when they're sitting at home, when they're lying in bed at night, different ones of you will run through their mind. They will be thinking of you. When they go home on a Sunday morning, they'll be excited about the people who were there, but they'll be thinking about the people that weren't as well. That when they sit down and they prepare their messages and they spend hours uh, just uh, crafting those messages uh, ready for you guys on a Sunday morning, that different ones of you will be coming to mind. And, and it, it won't be that they'll be thinking, I need to preach this message to make a point to this person. It will be that they'll be thinking, I wonder how this person will receive this. And is this, you know, how can I just kind of make it so that this is going to really encourage everyone and help them to go on and be everything that God has called them to be? So, so don't ever think that, um, that they're not. You, know, you, know, you, may, you may not even have a conversation with them here at church for you know, several weeks, but that doesn't mean that they haven't thought about you and they haven't noticed. Um, you imagine the, the number of conversations on a Sunday morning that uh, happens for a senior pastor. So these guys will all be, always be thinking about you, and they will be taking seriously uh, their mission to inspire, to teach, to encourage you closer to Jesus. Um, William Willimon uh, wrote this book called Pastor, which is an incredibly boring book. Um, <laughs> but it has some good stuff in it. Um, but I love this. I love this line. He says, "Is with fear, is with trembling, and with joy." The pastor works that fateful space between here and the throne of God. Uh, your pastor, um, these guys, they, they will stand in an interesting uh, place. And at times, at times they're going to find themselves torn. I mean torn between what is best for the body and what is best for an individual. And, uh, and there'll be decisions that these guys have to agonize over that, that literally they will um, agonize over. They'll be torn over what heaven is saying and what even the body is saying. Um, and I know I've uh, spoken about this a few times, but let me just bring this to you again. You think of Jesus when he's speaking to uh, the great crowd there, um, and, and then he pulls out this, uh, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll have no part. And all these people just walk away. 
all these people just walk away. The great crowd just walks away. And, and you know, we sort of think of that as like, you know, Jesus can handle it. And, you know, obviously he could. But I sometimes think, man, there must have been a part of him just going, God, what are you having me say right now? What, what is the deal here? Um, and there will be times like that for, for these guys where they just like, you know, heaven is saying this. And they know that it may be unpopular with some or many. Uh, but when heaven is saying something, they have to respond to heaven. Um, and, uh, and so keep that in mind uh, with these guys. Um, there is nothing that the enemy wants more in a church family than to divide you off from your pastor. Because if he can divide you off from your pastor, he can get you on the fringe. And who knows the enemy? He loves to take those who are on the fringe. So, so keep short accounts. Keep short accounts. Um, and don't allow the enemy any space. He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve it. Uh, when, when people get ticked off with God, the pastor is the person they can often see, <laughs> who is God's representative. Um, and uh, deal with those things with God. Deal with those things with God. He's a good God, and he will take, uh, take you through on those things. And the other thing, just to keep in mind, is that a senior pastor, they live their life in front of you all. Um, every decision, every decision they make will pass through this filter of, I wonder how that will be per- perceived by people. Um, they raise their children uh, in front of you all. Um, and just like you all, they are f- fallible. Ruth and I, we're fallible. We, they're, they're, I sometimes kind of think, you know, there's my loose ends that are just kind of hanging out. Um, and everyone can see them. Um, but uh, so keep those things in mind and love these guys and pray for these guys. Pray for your pastors. Pray for you. When they go away on holiday, pray for your pastors. Pray that they will come back rested and refreshed. Um, uh, one other thing. One other thing. This is, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is a really important thing, okay? You guys ready for this? That on a Sunday morning, there is such an emotional investment from your pastors that they have crafted that message. They've been, they've been thinking about you all during the week. They've been spending time with the band. They've been spending time with the staff. On a Sunday morning, they want Sunday morning to be an epic time because they know that the family is only together for one and a half hours that week. One and a half hours. And everything in them wants that service to go well. So do you know what? Turn up on time. <laughs> they, th- they thrive on encouragement. Pastors like anybody else, they thrive on encouragement. Um, they're laying down their life every, every day. Um, and, so, and so thank them. Take that time. Even if it's just once a year, send them a card. And if it's got nothing more than thank you in it, let it be. Just thank these guys. Look after them. Encourage them. Thank them for their faithfulness. Um, And, uh, you know, I I think I shared a couple of weeks ago um, about how I just keep a a folder beside my desk, and it's just marked encouragement. And uh, any cards or anything would go in there, and I would pull them out uh, when there were some uh, days that you needed to pull them out. And I'd just have a read of them. 
So there we go. There's a few. There's a few things um, just to keep in mind with these guys. You guys, are, you, you're going to look after them, aren't you? Yeah, you've looked after us well. Look after them. Cool. Okay, a few closing thoughts. As I was, how are we doing? Oh, yeah, we're doing all right. I could go for another hour, and you just forget. Closing thoughts. What do I? This was my thought during the week. What do I want to leave you with? What do I want to leave you with? Um, is it that family is the primary biblical metaphor for the church? Um, and so be family. Love one another. Speak well of one another. Watch out for one another. Care for one another. Uh, when we come here on a Sunday morning, we're generation to generation to generation to generation, great-grandchild to great-grandparent. Was, was that what I wanted to leave you with? Or was it uh, that we are supernatural people? That signs and wonders and miracles should accompany us. That we have been called to bring miracles. That we have uh, the Holy Spirit within us. Same Spirit that rose Jesus Christ from there is living in you. And that this world deserves a supernatural encounter. And I believe that there is something specifically on us as a generation or generations together to see that signs, wonders, and miracles are restored to their rightful place for believers. Was that it? Or was it that the seven mountain mandate is really important, that we have the answers to society's problems? And he is calling us to be everything we can be in our sphere of influence and for us to be seeing people rising up and taking those mountains. Was that the thing uh, that I wanted to leave you with? Or did I want to go back to uh, the, probably the verse for Ruth and I, which is seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you. There is no greater way to spend your life than seeking him seeking all that he has for you? Or was it, I wanted to come back to my life message, which you guys have probably heard. I think I've probably preached, uh, I worked out this week, at least 150 different messages since becoming a senior pastor. And probably uh, 149 of them had this in them somewhere, which is, you can do it. You can do it. You have the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead in you. You are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are seated in heavenly places. Was that what I wanted to leave you with? No. But I cunningly wove all of those things into it. You may have just noticed. This is what I wanted to leave you with. Pursue Jesus. Let him be your undying passion. You know, if you pursue Jesus, he will take you on the craziest, craziest adventure. I was looking back over the, um, over the past couple of weeks, I've cleared out a whole lot of paperwork, and I was looking back at my time here um, you know, this is, this is my last week of being employed by the church after 19 years. 19 years I've received a paybacker from, uh, from the trust. Um, and many of those were working for North Canterbury Youth Services. Um, and I was looking back at the, the crazy adventures that we have been on. 
um, and uh, and just reminiscing of some of those incredible times, uh, and and just thinking about all the different people that I've come into contact with, and just thinking, man, you know, as I've continued to pursue Jesus, then He has taken us on one wild adventure, one wild and crazy adventure, and He's going to continue to do that this uh, as well. So. The last thing I want to leave you with is pursue Jesus. If you forget everything else today, may the last words you hear from me that resonate in your mind be pursue Jesus. Hey, we've, um, just before I wrap up the service, we've got the kids back in here because there's one really important thing that we, we kind of need to just settle as a church. Um, and uh, what I've got up the front here um, is that I have three kinds of chocolate. I've got dark, I've got milk, and I've got white. In each packet, there are 60 bars of chocolate. Okay. Now, what I want you all to do is, every single one of you, is I want you to come and take one, and only one, and it must be your favourite. Okay. Once we've all done that, then I'll wrap up the service. The other thing you must do when you come up is please take... A good handful of these, because after today they're not much use. Uh, and, and please, please take a good handful of these. I don't know what I'm going to do with them after today. Well. Okay? So there's the deal. And I have got a song that somehow I've been trying to work into the service for the last couple of months. Just, you know, it just, just couldn't work out quite how to do it. Okay? And so uh, you remember what my first message was that I preached to the senior pastor? God's looking for a new kind of worshiper, a worshiper who would dance and all that sort of stuff. Okay, we've got a dance song for the last one, okay? So as you come into it, you've got to dance. You've got to take your favorite chocolate. You've got to take a handful of those uh, and then take your seat, and then we'll just, we'll just work something out there at the end, and I'll close the service off. Thanks, guys.